Well, I'm so glad that you guys are here today. And I wanna tell you that no matter where you're at in your life, we all, we realize that God has this other level that he wants us to go to. He's got this deeper relationship with him that he wants for us. He wants a better family, a stronger family for you. And in all of these areas where we have more than enough, that's what he wants for us is that we can have more than enough so that we can in turn give away with other people. We have such a relationship with God, we can share. We want a, stronger, a strong enough family that we can help other families. We wanna be so secure in our relationships that we can actually reach out into the lives of other people. We want an abundance of finances so we can continue to finance the kingdom of God and so that we can be generous and just bless others. And so for some of us, man, life is good and we wanna to go to that next level. And then there's others of us that, man, we're just trying to get to good. We feel like we're stuck in this rut and we're not happy with thing, the way that things are going in our lives or maybe in, just in a specific area of our lives. So we're taking this time at the beginning of the year just to talk about, so how do we hit the reset button on our life? Because we all want a better life. We all want to fulfill the dreams that God's placed in our hearts. And, and first of all, I wanna tell you that, listen, God has big plans for your life. He has actually set you apart to do amazing things. Look at Jeremiah 1.5. It says, before you were even formed in your mother's womb, even before you were conceived, he knew you. And before you were born, God set you apart, that he had special plans for your life. And so by this, we know that God knows someone as a being or a life even before he forms them in the womb. That, that's actually pretty cool to think about. And this is one of the ways that we know that a person that is still in the womb is in fact a person, an entity with a right to life and a right to live. And, and even beyond that, we know that God is not only aware of that person, but actually intimately acquainted with them. So some of you may, you may be wondering, does God even know you exist? Well, you don't have to wonder about that. He's known you for your, for your whole existence and even before. And he has actually set us apart with a plan. And within each and every one of us is a desire to become who he made us to be, who he set us apart to be, because he formed us with a plan in mind. Look at Jeremiah 29, 11. It actually says, for I know the plans that I have for you. You see, God has plans for you and he knows what they are. So whatever his plans, he has plans to prosper you that things would be good for you and not to harm you. You see, God is not out to get you. He has plans to actually give you hope and to give you a future. And so this is God's overall plan that he's drawn up for us. He, he has plans that we have a good life, an overflowing life that we could affect other people. You see, God's not out to get you. He's not mad at you. He's not this big, angry God but he actually has drawn up special plans to give you hope. If you feel like you don't have hope, God has plans to give you hope and a future. So then the question becomes, how, if this is God's plan for us, why do so many people, why do so many of us not live up to the plans that God has for our life and become who he has made us to be? So if it's God's will, and, if, and we want it, why does it come to pass? I think it has something to do with what's between our ears. 
Watch this, Ecclesiastes 10.2 in the message, it says, wise thinking leads to right living, but stupid thinking leads to wrong living. Oh, you said the S word. No, 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 I'm just reading the Bible. It's okay. But we don't want stupid thinking in our lives. Because listen, if there's a place in my life where I'm living wrong, it's because I'm thinking stupid. According to the Bible, everything begins with our thinking. And we have to learn to think wisely. And so that's what we're talking about today. And we have to be careful about what we think about when we get up in the morning. You know, what's the first thing that you allow to create thoughts in your mind in the morning? I wanna encourage you, the first thing to do is you've gotta, maybe you put a reminder by your phone or your alarm clock or something, but the first thing that you do is talk to God. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Just be aware that he is with you. He's in you. He's all around you. Let that be the first thing that you think. And then move quickly to the word of God. Man, the beginning of the day is a great time to just start your day right. Because as you go through your day, the enemy, you see, the enemy doesn't have any physical power over you. The only power the enemy has over you is between our ears. And too many of us just give him free reign of everything that's between our ears. And a lot of us, we're actually in the habit of letting the evil one control our thoughts and we don't even know it. And, we, and then we wonder, why is this happening or why is that happening? But so often our sinful nature, which is what the Bible calls that selfish you. So often we are dominated by the selfish us. Look at Romans 8, 5. It says, those that are dominated by the sinful nature, that selfish us, what do we do? We think, this is a recipe for disaster. We think about sinful things. So if you can't control your mind, you can't control what you think about, then you are going to be dominated. I'm gonna be dominated by our sinful nature, our selfish self. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, so how do you turn yourself over and say, Holy Spirit, have your way? How? Well, we think about things that please the Spirit. And then in verse six, it says, so letting your sinful nature controlling your mind leads to death. And so many of us see that this sinful nature, that selfish self, that it affects places in our lives. We see some of the things that we do, some of the things that we say, just breathe death on everything around us. So the question is, how do we stop that so we can become who we're born to be? Well, but let the spirit control your mind that leads to life and peace. Now, what Paul is saying here is very important because what he's saying is that our mindset actually makes a difference when it comes to our daily living. We all, regardless of what our state is, we live in a world that, of turmoil. We live in a world that has constant strife and battling and drama. And if we're not careful, we can let that actually consume our thoughts. And to be honest, there's no way you're gonna get out of all that stuff. The Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. So we all have to go through this world. But when it talks about our minds and what we set our minds on, that it will determine not only our eternity, but also the quality of our life here on earth. If you're taking notes, write this down, ready? We will never change our lives until we change our thinking. I'm gonna say that again. You'll never be able to change your life until you change your thinking. 
Well, man, Micah, that just sounds like a bunch of positive thinking. Are you, are you teaching self-help now? No, I'm actually teaching the Bible. Let's go back and look at Romans 8.5 in a different translation. Let's look at it in the NIV. It says, so those that live according to the flesh, in other words, they're living according to their own selfish desires. What do they do? They have their minds set. Now that's a key word there. Remember that they have set their minds on what? Their, their selfish desires. And so there's this idea, there's this picture that we, are, we become fixated, that our mind becomes set on something. And what you think about the most will be your reality. See, according to the Bible, your thoughts create your future. And then he goes on and he gives this contrary idea to that. He says, but those that live in accordance with the spirit, that's what we want. They have their mind set, that's that word again, on what the spirit desires. And so, so many of us, we live our lives just thinking about what's wrong in our own life, in our world, at work, with our spouse, what's wrong with our kids, what's wrong with our parents, what's wrong with, their, with our teachers, what's wrong with our nation, because we have our minds set on the things that our selfish self, our flesh, is concerned about. The Holy Spirit lives in a whole nother level, and He wants us to go there. And yes, God is sovereign, but yet, but yet He delegated control over to us, and He gave us authority and His Word, and He set the world in motion with physical laws like gravity, but also spiritual laws, which is, this is one of the spiritual laws, that what you fix your mind on, man, it matters. It matters in your life. And so the teaching a lot of times is, well, yeah, but you can't do everything. God does everything. And, he's, and so if you just pray about everything and if it's his will, it'll happen. If it's not his will, then it won't happen. Well, if it's his will that it'll happen or, and it's his will that it, that it won't happen, well, first of all, we don't even need to pray for anything to happen because it's all gonna happen anyway. But also what that, what that mindset does is it removes the responsibility from us to actually carry out and apply the word of God so that we can live the life, those plans that he wants us to live. And so often we ignore what we're thinking about. I mean, we can go home and we can meditate on something that, that happened that was negative and we just play it over and over and over in our mind. And, and I'm, hopefully I'm not the only one. But what that does is that tends to create negative re emotions causes us to react in negative ways, which causes negative outcomes. And all along, the Bible is very clear that your thoughts create your future. So what are we supposed to think on? Well, Philippians 4.8 tells us, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. And what will happen is that the God of peace will be with you. Some of us need some more peace. We think too much about what's going on in the world. We think about what other people are doing way too much. And we've got, we've got media to push all these things to us as well. We've got the news on all the time. We've got a news app. We've got social media apps. We've constantly got things that are feeding us, things that are not true, are not noble, are not right, you know, are not pure or lovely. You know, they're, they're not excellent or praiseworthy. And we're thinking about, we're meditating about all those things. And it gets us to where we're unsettled and, unsettled and it robs us of our peace. So... The question becomes, how do we do it? 
How do we control our mind? How do we let the spirit of God control our mind so that we can have life and peace and actually become who he planned for us to be? Well, the good news is that God not only tells us multiple places that we've looked at that our thinking is the pivot point for life change and for us to accomplish our destiny, but also it tells us how to change our thinking as well. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 10 and we'll look at that. For although we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. See, the weapons we are fighting with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they, talking about our weapons, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And so how do we use these weapons that we have to actually fight and demolish strongholds in our lives? How do we use these weapons for you and your family to walk in healing, spirit, soul, as well as your body, to heal our marriages, to rescue our children, you know, that our parents become a strong team and build a strong family. How? How do we use these weapons to have the abundance that God has for us so that we can be a blessing to those that are around us? How do we use these weapons to actually become more than overcomers as we are joint heirs, co-heirs in the kingdom of God? How do we use these spiritual weapons to actually impact our neighborhoods, our communities, our nations, the world? How? How do we use them so that our lives are so much bigger than our little life? How do we use these weapons that we have that have divine power to demolish the strongholds in your life, whatever they may be, to demolish anything, any argument or any pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of what God says about you and who he says that you are. How do we do this? Watch this. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So here's the thing you've got to understand, that your thoughts create your future. According to the word of God, your thoughts will create your future. And so if your thoughts are gonna create your future, then that question becomes, well, how is that gonna happen? Because it's so difficult sometimes to actually control your thought life. You know, I could be focusing on one thing and my mind goes off without me, you know? I could be reading a book. I mean, I don't know if any of you have ever been reading a book and you keep turning the pages, but your brain is somewhere else. I mean, your eyes keep moving, but your brain is somewhere else. Man, it's difficult. It's not easy to control our thoughts. But we have to, if we understand that the word of God says that we have to take captive every thought if we wanna see God's plan for our life because our thoughts create our future. It's important that you understand that you can control your thoughts. You know, I know, Mike, I shouldn't be thinking about, you know, this or I should be, or I should be thinking about that, but I just can't help it. Well, it's important that you understand that's actually, that's not true. You can control your thoughts and you control your thoughts by fixing them or setting them. You can set your thoughts on something. You can set up something and then fix your mind on it. Look at this, Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. you can if you don't have peace in your life, you can trace it back to your thoughts. You wanna reset this year and have more peace in your life? 
than you did next year or last year, yeah, you're gonna have to fix your thoughts differently than last year. The Bible says, cast your cares onto him and peace will come. So we have to fix our thoughts on him and the things of him. Colossians 3.2 says, set, there it is again, set your minds on things above. It's talking about what you're thinking about, not on earthly things. Don't think your problem, think the solution. Set your mind on things above. You see, to set your mind on something is to actually choose what you think about. And this, this verse actually comes from a letter that Paul wrote to the church in the city of Colossae. And Colossae was a completely pagan and immoral city. And what Paul is actually telling them is he's saying, don't think on the same things that the culture around you is thinking about. You're to think higher than that. And that way you won't behave according to, the, to that culture. And in order not, to not behave that way, what they had to do is they had to change what they were thinking on because Paul knew that your thoughts create your future. One of my favorite authors was a pastor, Pastor Norman Vincent Peale. And he said it this way, change your thoughts and you change your world. And I'm telling you, if we could just realize how powerful our thoughts were, we'd never think another negative thought again. If we understood how powerful our thoughts were to create our future, if we took on the responsibility that God gave us in these scriptures to actually control our thoughts, we would do anything and everything to be able to actually set or to fix our thoughts on, th on the things of God, on the things of the Spirit, on who we are in Him and who He made us to be in His plan for our lives. But so many times we're not focused on what we should be thinking about. We're actually trying to stop thinking about the wrong things. And it's important that you understand this, then this is an important key here. So I want you to lean in, okay? Here's the thing. You cannot stop thinking negative thoughts. You can't do it. You cannot, stink, you cannot stop thinking a negative thought. Here's the thing, is that you can only replace a thought. So you can't stop thinking a thought. You can only replace a thought. And so like as an illustration uh, to try to explain that to you, if I had a glass and the glass was empty or it's actually not empty, it's full of air and I could give it to you and I could say, could you get this air out? And can you stop the air, get, get the air out? Well, you can't get the air out of that glass without destroying the glass unless you actually fill it up with something else. If you were to pour water into that glass, then there is no air in the glass. And so many of us, we're trying to understand our negative thoughts and the fact that they're not good for us. And we're doing our best to stop thinking negative thoughts. But what we don't understand is this, you can't stop thinking a negative thought. You can only replace a negative thought with good thoughts. That's why the Bible says, fix your thoughts on the right things. So if we understand that our thoughts create our future and you're just trying to stop, you know, thinking negative thoughts, because it messes up with your future. Well, you can't do that. That's futile. You've got to replace that thought with another thought. I've got to replace my negative selfish thoughts with godly thoughts. And I'm telling you that one of the best ways to do that is to actually read the word of God. The Bible is alive. It'll actually shape you. Watch this. Hebrews 11 or 4, 12 says the word of God, it's alive and it's active sharper than any double-edged sword, and it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, 
joints of marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It will help you shape your thoughts. This is one of the reasons why I'm always telling people about the one-year Bible is because if we can get a daily dose, a daily dose of the Word of God, especially first thing in the morning, it's going to begin to shape your thoughts. And if your thoughts create your future, then you need to be thinking a lot about your thoughts. You need to be thinking about what you're thinking about and realize that you, you want to meditate. You want to fix your thoughts on the Word of God. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. It's important who you hang out with. You see, I believe that this is one of the things that makes meeting in small groups so powerful is that the Bible actually tells us, think of ways to motivate each other with acts of love and good works. And we call our small groups meetups. And, that, and that's why we have small groups is to build each other up, to study the word of God, yes. To get together around a common interest, yes. But one of the huge values is to actually help us change the way we think by spending time with other people who are, who are just thinking of ways to build us up, to motivate us, to encourage us, to be more loving, to do good works. Then it says, and let us not neglect meeting together as some people do. In other words, it's actually important for us to be around other Christians because iron sharpens iron. And that helps us think the right thoughts. And I'm telling you, you don't wanna be around people that are constantly thinking the wrong things because that will rub off on you. It will. Well, you know, Micah, you know, they're just kind of negative. Well, but how much you're spending time with them, it matters. I mean, if it's up to you, make sure that you are spending time with people who are thinking of ways to motivate you and to build you up, ways to encourage you. Because then it says, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Listen, it's very important that we encourage each other. That way you won't think like everybody else. And since your, your thoughts create your future, your future is gonna be totally different than other people, those that can't control their thoughts and walk in and can't control their thoughts and can't walk in God's will. But you know, if you control your thoughts, then you can walk in his will. Look, Romans 12, two says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. How am I gonna do that, Paul? By being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we talked about how to do that. It's with the word of God. It's by fixing your thoughts on him, on what's good. It's by be who you're around. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's plan is, what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. God has an amazing plan for your life. And we have to open up our lives to his power to change us. And we do that by controlling our thoughts, by changing our thoughts, because our thoughts create our future. And I just wanna encourage you, you know, make sure that you are applying the things that you learn that you should be thinking, because you can do a hard reset for this year. You can gain some self-control by your thoughts. You can take advantage of what your church has for you to help change your thoughts. And you can change not, not what you do first, but who you are by changing your thoughts. Here's the thing, you have to change your thoughts because your thoughts create your future. I mean, just these, these handful of things, if you would just prioritize these things this year, 
Could you imagine what your life would be like at Christmas if you could change your thought life? Well, that'd be a good thing to think on. Just imagine what your family is gonna be like. Imagine what your life's gonna be like, what your church will be able to accomplish in the lives of people that are, that are within your, in your community. We can, if we all become powerful Christians with peace in our life, abundance in our heart, and our eye on our purpose and God's plan for our life, which is to bring others to Christ and make disciples, to bring people to Jesus and His church. And so I wanna close out with this, with this verse. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. So this is what God wants for you and for me. He wants to actually even do exceedingly abundantly above what you can even ask or you can imagine or you can think. So as much as we can change our thinking to change our future, God His plan is exceedingly and abundantly above anything that you could ever think. And here's how he wants to do it. According to the power that works in us. It's talking about the Holy Spirit in us and the power and the authority that comes with the Holy Spirit. You see, God can do way more than you ever possibly think he can. And I want just over the the course of this year, to change my thinking, to expand and stretch, just thinking about who God is in my life and what He not only wants to do for me, but the amazing things that He wants to do through me, through you, through all of us, according to the power of the Holy Spirit that works in us. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for this amazing congregation of believers. And I thank you for your word that leads us and guides us and that clearly explains that what we think and how we think is so important. And so today, I just ask that your anointing be on this message. I ask the Holy Spirit that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that we would replace our thoughts with your word. We would replace our thoughts with what you say about us and not what the world has to say, not even what we would say to ourselves, but what you say to us. Holy Spirit, transform our thinking to think like you. Renew our minds according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you might be listening, watching today, and you might be thinking, well, you know, all this is great, but you know what? I don't know. I don't have a relationship with God. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. Well, I want to let you know that God loves you. He has a plan for your life and he actually pursues you. He wants to have a relationship with you so that you can be everything that he wants you to be and that he created you to be. And the only problem is, is that our sin, that selfish self, the things that we do wrong, they actually separate us from God. And so what he did was he died on that cross and he paid for all of my sin, all of your sin, so that, we could have a relationship with him. And so if you're watching today and you wanna lay down your life, you wanna call him and confess him as your savior, that he has paid for all of your sins. If you're willing to walk away from your selfish self and pursue him and give him your life, I want you to pray this very simple but powerful prayer right there where you're at. If you know you need to get things right with Jesus, and you believe that He is your Savior and you're willing to give your life to Him 
and walk away from yourself and all the wrongdoing in your life. I just want you to pray this super simple but powerful prayer. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I wanna follow you. I give you my life. And if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I wanna tell you that he, he has washed away all of your sins. You've given him your life. He's given you his life. So this morning, right where you're at, you are a new creation in Christ. And I just wanna say congratulations on your relationship with God.